Hey guys, welcome to Showbread. My name is Jesse Felix. We got Pastor Drew Bratchard here. Pastor Drew, how you doing today? I am doing wonderful. Tell Showbread, because it's fresh. Because it's fresh. I love it, Pastor Drew. Tell me, what'd you do today? You have a good day today? Oh my goodness. I love Saturdays. You got to enjoy every day. Get up early, spend some time with the Lord, spend some time in prayer in the good book. And then I got to prepare because we got Saturday night service. Mm -hmm. um, so after that, then I got my kids ready, woke them up. And we came and did some evangelism for an hour. Awesome. Walked the neighborhood. Love and it. then after that, we had some company over. Some of my wife's friends were there. It was really good seeing them. Studied some more. Hung out with the kids a little bit. And then got ready for service uh, tonight. Awesome. And uh, so it was, it was a busy day. A lot of study. A lot of prayer. A lot of uh, good people. Great service. And now we're recording. How about yourself? You have a good day? I had a great day today. Today I woke up at 5 a.m., I worked at uh, work today. We made a bunch of drinks. Super busy at Starbucks. If you guys don't know, I work at Starbucks. Pastor Drew's profession is pastor. My profession is Starbucks store manager. Um, so it is a crazy time at Starbucks. But um, one thing I wanted to before we get in the podcast, Pastor Drew, is I want to make sure our listeners know where we can listen. They can listen to us. They, if you're obviously you're listening to us now, you're listening to us on either Spotify, Apple Music. But I want you guys out there that's listening, share this with someone that would be interested in knowing who the Lord is, knowing our church a little bit more, that maybe you've been inviting and hasn't really came yet or really don't know what our pastor's like or what we're like here at Riverside Christian Assembly. So invite your friend, but then give them the, give them the link to this podcast. We're on Apple Music. We're on Spotify. Um, definitely check us out. But Pastor Drew, you know, we're, we're getting to the segment here. We're, uh, I'm really excited. Pastor Drew, I'm really interested in why, why God uses the different elements here on earth to show himself do you know what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about Pastor Drew? like earth and wind and fire yes. and water yeah i think that's a fascinating topic i don't know how you came to that but i think it's a great topic of discussion i think about it like god is the god of all things correct pastor Drew? yeah that's correct he created all things in him for him by him so why you know since he made the earth and since he created all things why couldn't jesus on earth just start flying around and say i'm god why can't god just open up the heavens and say hey guys I'm God to everyone at one accord at one time. Say, guys, I'm real. I'm God. Follow me. Why does he, why does he use different things here on earth, like the elements or different things in the Bible? You know, there's a lot of some uh, you know symbolism a lot with fire, a lot of symbolism with water, wind, the earth. God talks about Jesus talks about sowing seeds and planting yeah. things. Why does he? use the earth and different elements to prove his points or show him, show us a little about who he is. You know, I was listening to this great courses class on ethics. I really enjoyed. And in it, it gave the story of an atheist and a Christian, and they were talking about it. And the Christian says to the atheist, hey, when you die, if you get to meet God, what are you going to say to him? Mm -hmm. He said, well, I'm going to ask God, God, why didn't you give us more evidence? Why did you make it so hard for us to believe in you? You know, the Bible talks about all of nature testifies of God, that it's in their conscience, that there's hints of it, there's forms of order. And so anyway, then God would answer, according to the Christian, well, God will answer, well, if I would have made it so obvious, you never would have needed faith and you wouldn't have free will. Mm, that's interesting. So I think part of the reason of creation is twofold. I think that in an orderly, somewhat predictable, even fallen universe, it's like a game. There's rules, there's laws of nature and in that realm of rules we get to have a will we get to have choices we make mm -hmm. and this life really does seem to be much of a test the test of our faith if we'll put it in god and so if god just opened up the heaven flew around made it so obvious that he's god and that yeah. you have to have faith in him i'm not quite sure you'd even call that faith do you have faith in the sun that rises 
Well, you can see it. You don't need faith to believe it. Faith yeah. is the evidence of things we haven't seen yet. Wait, so faith is the evidence of things we haven't seen yet. Yeah. And God is pleased by our faith. Mm. It's faith that passes the test. It's faith that in the economy of God counts, is merited as right standing. That's his system. Now, we have a system with dollar bills, with time, exchanges, goods, services. That's not God's exchange. He's chosen faith as his means of currency. Mm -hmm. Why he's done it that way, you know, I'm not quite sure exactly, but that's what he's looking for. I think the second reason is the Bible makes it clear that God loves us. Mm -hmm. And so having a physical universe in which he would send his son Jesus to come in flesh, to be one of us to understand hunger, thirst, to walk on the ground, to drink the water, to thirst, to get hungry, to be heated by a fire, to be within the realm of all those rules. Yeah. He identifies with us and he demonstrates his love by becoming one of us. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the second part. To write God's love story required that he would come down within our realm of being. Mm -hmm. But it's a great question. What do you think? Yeah, it's, that's a lot to unpackage, Pastor Drew. I think there's a lot of things that, you know, as an unbeliever before, right, not knowing the knowledge of the truth and not having faith. And I, I want to encourage everyone out there, faith and having faith in God, it, you have to go out on a limb, I think. You have to go out and say, you know what, I, I like what you said, faith in something that you don't always see, faith that you are in hoping to see. And I think, I think... When I was a non-believer in high school and, 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 and middle school, I was thinking to myself, like, man, if I don't see it, I can't believe it. Hmm. If it's not tangible, I can't feel it. And even today, you know, I was worshiping my hands in worship today. I was lifting my hands in worship. And, and there's an there's a innate feeling in my, in my soul, an innate feeling in my, in, my, in my heart that I know that, you're, that God is real. That, yeah. that, and I think when I came to knowledge of the truth, I, I gave myself up. I said, God... I want to know you more, but I, I'm putting my faith in something I can't even see. I'm putting my faith on just your name, and I hear it. And he's given me the Holy Spirit, and I feel it more. And I think um, I think for people that are listening to this that might not be unbelievers, they'd be like, wow, that's crazy. I would, right. How can we have faith in something we can't see, you know? But, you know, there's always there's that simple analogy. You know, I don't I don't go sitting in chairs. Or you don't go sitting in chairs thinking like, oh, this is probably going to break. If I, right. if I sit there. We have faith every day that we're going to drive 65, 70 miles per hour on the freeway and not die. You yeah. know what I mean? And so um, I don't really know why God, you know, maybe you know, maybe you can help me with that. I don't know really why God uses so much nature and specifically fire passenger is something that I'm that's our topic today that's our topic today is fire and so Patrick can you tell me a couple a couple of things in, a couple of places in the Bible where God uses fire oh yeah fire is very prevalent in the scripture I think of the exodus okay. that before the people of God when they were leaving Egypt there was this pillar of fire mm -hmm. and so we see the presence of God was was there in the fire remember Moses at the burning bush the bush was on fire and yet it wasn't consumed by it. There was what was called strange fire, holy fire. Um, with the priestly class, when they were offering the offerings to God, it was a holy fire. And there was procedures and there was a means of obedience. And when people disobeyed, it was called strange fire. Uh, we see fire raining down in the book of Joshua as a punishment. My favorite, I think, instance of fire, though, is in the book of Acts, mm. where fire is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, after he died, was buried, rose from the dead. When he was resurrected, he told the disciples, you wait for me in Jerusalem and you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And some 40 or so days later, when they were there together on the day of Pentecost praying, 
The Holy Spirit rushed in like a wind, and perhaps we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. And then there was these tongues of fire mm -hmm. upon each of them. And this was a fulfillment, no doubt. When Jesus was starting his ministry, John the Baptist said, I baptize with water, but there comes one after me who's, who's more worthy, who's better. He baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. Mm -hmm. So in Acts 2, when they had the tongues of fire, that was a fulfillment of what John the Baptist was saying, that this Holy Spirit was... A fire, a passion, a consuming, a brightness, a burning, an energy source, if you will. And so, yeah, I think you see fire also as a punishment. Yeah. Hell has got fire in it. <laughs> yeah. You see fire as a means of purifying. Mm -hmm. That out of the furnace of affliction, I've called my children. And so, yeah, fire is, is very prevalent in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. So with fire, can you, can you talk a little bit about, because obviously we're, when we, we think of fire, we think of hot. Yeah. We think of red. We think of like burning, like a bonfire. When you say, when we're talking about fire, we're talking about like the tongues of fire or yeah. God is a consuming fire. Can you talk about why, why would he choose that to, 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 to show himself? Why would he use fire to show himself? Well, I think there's a number of reasons. We live with power and electricity today. Yeah. Where, where I live, there was a power outage. Okay. So all of the TV goes off, AC's off, the fridge is off, yeah. and the lights are off. Mm -hmm. I'm so used to having lights that just turn on. Yeah. But think of in the ancient world before they had electricity. Mm -hmm. Fire was a light source at night. Candles, campfire, torches. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the ways God is like, John talks us like that, that in him there is no darkness. Mm -hmm. So mankind in our sinfulness and our brokenness is lost in the dark. There's the prince of darkness, the devil, and God is light. And so I think one of the first reasons we see God as light God is fire is because it's against the darkness mm -hmm. and it stands out and it shines and it's separate. I, I think there's other illuminating factors about it, but I think of that Exodus journey that there in the desert sand in the desert night, there was this pillar of fire. Mm -hmm. I mean, an incredible brightness mm -hmm. illuminating. Yeah. And so God illuminates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Pastor, for the insight. I think... When I when I read the parables and I think like wow like when we're reading the parables sometimes when we read it doesn't make as much sense like I did, yeah. we don't we don't live in that time we don't but I think back like how would you explain like if if for example we're we're if we were thinking as Jesus how would we explain heaven and hell and that he's the son of God how do we how would we unpackage these things for the people of that time I think. No better use than using parables. Pastor Drew, can you talk about the, like why Jesus used parables? Uh, it's a really teaching? good point. And I think it goes to what we're talking about in nature. Jesus was a master storyteller, and he knew how to connect with his audience. Mm -hmm. He's talking to farmers. He's talking about sowing seeds and reaping a harvest. Mm -hmm. He's talking to fishermen. He's talking about their nets and fishing for souls. He was so good at relating to the common people. It says the common people loved him. And without a story or a parable, he didn't teach. And so you're so right. Why would God have fire and water? In other words, it, it was an intercept. It was an interface. It was a means of relating the eternal truths of God to finite people using things that they would understand and using things that they would know. Mm -hmm. And so in their time, in their context, I think you make a great point. How would we know the difference of light and darkness that God is light? And then you think back about all those pictures of God being a fire, God speaking through the fire. And then you'd say, ah, that's the light. And without him, it's like we're blind, we're groping, we, we don't understand. So parables 
were a means of conveying some deep truth of God mm -hmm. to the common people's understanding using things that they understood. Absolutely. We try and do that as preachers all the time, don't we? We try yeah. and bring in modern illustrations. Yeah. Stories. It's the only way it makes sense sometimes, you know, to, to unpackage the Bible and, to, and to, to really understand, I guess, what God wants from us in a, in a, in a way where it makes sense to us, you know. And I think as we're talking about fire and as we're talking... In my life, I felt this fire in my life that I need to go preach the gospel. I need to go save souls. And I still feel it today. I don't think I'll ever lose that fire. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of Christians that are probably listening to this podcast that might not, not might, might never have had that fire, mm -hmm. that, that desire. And I think when we're talking about fire, we're talking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit and saving souls. I, I, think, I immediately think of fire. Like, I'm on fire for you, God. You're I'm right. on fire for you. Can you talk a little bit about how someone can... What that what that looks like maybe in your life or or what that looks like for someone that's that maybe that's going to church right now that hasn't been that fire yet and it's, it's kind of hard to and forgive me it's hard to explain like I think you're doing a good job it is like an energy it is like a passion it is like a desire and I love how when Moses heard the voice of God from the burning bush and the bush was not consumed I get tired of people telling me how they burn out or how they're exhausted or they're too tired of something. Mm -hmm. You've you and I have known each other for a couple of decades almost now. Yeah, and I tell you what, you have more passion for God, and my fire for God has not dwindled. Mm -hmm. Rather, it has grown. We're looking for opportunities. We're here late on a Saturday night yeah. after service, recording showbread because it's fresh. It's fresh because we love Jesus. We're out there in the morning telling people about Jesus on the street corners, and why? Because we have this exuberance. We have this passion. And so how do you get it? Well, Jesus said, I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And so the concept of a baptism is an experience. Remember when the disciples said, can we sit on your right hand, your left hand? And Jesus said, listen, can you be baptized with the baptism I'm about to be baptized with? They said, we can. And he said, you will. Talking about an experience of suffering that they would have. If you've ever been water baptized and I've been water baptized, we understand the experience and so the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an experience you have where the Holy Spirit is all around you, He's in you, and then you sense this new fire, this new passion, and the evidence of it. Remember Acts chapter 2, we were talking about these tongues of fire on them, and they spoke in other languages. But what were they saying? They were praising God. What were they talking about? They were testifying about God, but what was the purpose of it? Jesus told them, you wait in Jerusalem, and then you will be clothed and dued with power. And then you will be my witnesses. Mm -hmm. So to be on fire for Jesus looks like a passion to share your faith with other people. It looks like a new courage, a new boldness. That same Peter, who only days before had been a coward, denied Jesus three times. Mm -hmm. He stands in front of thousands yeah. and he waxes eloquent for the Lord. So I think that concept of constant motion, constant burning, constant Light in the darkness. The other thing about fire, it always wants to expand. Mm -hmm. When yeah. a fire gets hot, it wants to jump out. Absolutely. It wants it wants more fuel. It wants to keep going. It's yeah. hungry. It's mm -hmm. always hungry. Mm -hmm. You can't quench it by giving it too much fuel. No. Yeah. You know, you I, and I, we get hungry in our stomachs, then we eat some delicious 
Hey, we're sponsored today. Is it oh, Little Caesars? Let me take a little. Let me take a quick, brief it, it, second here. I always want to say thank you so much, Little Caesars Pizza, today for sponsoring Showbread. We really appreciate you guys. Go check out your local Little Caesars today. They're in every single block. They're five dollars hot and ready, and you can even get it crazy style. Crazy! If, if you ask the person up front, say, "Can I have my pizza crazy?" Crazy! Style? They will put the crazy season. They put on the crazy bread all over the crust and all over your pizza, and you'll enjoy it. Thank you again, Little Caesars, for your sponsorship today in Showbread. And we really appreciate it. Go check it out, guys. Get a hot, fresh slice of Little Caesars pizza today, right now, <laughs> this very second. Thank you, Little Caesars. I'm oh, sorry, Pastor Drew. Go right No, <laughs> going, going back to what we were talking about, fires, they're quenched by water, but they're always hungry for more. Mm -hmm. And so when somebody has the fire of God, that's a, a way of taking that picture, something we've seen, something we've experienced. The other thing about fire is it refines. Mm. If you have some dirty silver, some dirty gold, it can take out the impurities. And that. so when we say God is a consuming fire, he's getting rid of the impurities in our life. He's allowing hardship, difficulty, suffering, but it has a purpose to it. Mm -hmm. It's not just that it sinks to the bottom or the picture's mud or muck or it's aimless existence. No, we believe that God wants to purify our souls and purify our actions, and, and He measures our hearts. How does He do that? Well, we have to go through some furnaces of affliction. Some hard times, huh? In your life, have hard times made you better? Absolutely. And I think sometimes when I'm in hard times, I think about the end is near. I feel like, God, thank you for this difficult time I'm in today because I know in next week, tomorrow, next year, that I will just rejoice because you're going to make me stronger through this. I used to, before I became a Christian, before I knew who God was, I used to just think, man, life sucks. <laughs> there's no more, there's no end. It's just a, a vicious cycle of just bad days stringing together. But now as a Christian, I have hope. I have hope and I have, I know now that there's going to be an end in sight. God is my hope. And so um, thank you, Pastor Drew, for talking a little bit about what it's like to be on fire. I guess here's another quick question, Pastor Drew. Sure. Maybe there's some listeners out there that might be thinking like, man, you know, I've been a Christian for a long time. Am I, do I have a healthy spiritual life? You know, and is, am I really on fire or can I be on fire? I guess we are, you already answered that question, but what's a healthy spiritual life as a Christian? Cause I know physically coming to church and listening to the word, but the spiritual life when you're alone by yourself with just you and God, what's that look like from a healthy standpoint? It's a great question. I do think that every soul knows its own heart, hardships, it knows its bitterness, it knows its own joy. Mm -hmm. There's a proverb that says, the Lord is like a candle that seeks a man's house, that seeks a man's heart. He goes in and he, he knows what's really within inside of you. And so I think the Holy Spirit gives us joy. Think of the fruits of the Spirit. their joy, their love, there's patience, there's kindness. So a healthy spiritual life really is developing those qualities of the Holy Spirit. I'd say a healthy spiritual life doesn't have works of the flesh like malice, bitterness, mm -hmm. resentment. A healthy spiritual life is going to be a life characterized by love, love of God, by joy, joy from God, peace, peace from God. And this kind of person is not going to be so shaky by situations. Mm -hmm. There'll always be waves of the ocean, but the hope is that we're far beneath it because our relationship with God is deep and spiritual. And so the hunger, we see, like you said, the outward things. I would not minimize the first thing you mentioned, going to church. There are so many people I met. I met a, a young man across the street today, 
never been to church. He got into a fight the other day, had a big old black eye, and yeah. looked like he had uh, been on a bender or something. And I went to tell him about Jesus, and he was open about Jesus, but he said, I, I don't trust the church. It's a bad institution. They, they manipulate. They cheat people. God has ordained it that the church is the body. And there are a lot of very arrogant, quote, spiritual people mm -hmm. that say, I can know God by myself, but I don't need a church. I don't need an organization. It's, it's wrong. Absolutely. And so I think a healthy spiritual life, here's an aspect that doesn't get talked enough about, has submission. Mm. It says, I respect God-ordained authority. I will go to the local church. I, I will be a blessing. Mm -hmm. I will bless others. I won't just look, what do I get? I'm going to look to serve. I'm going to look to help. I'm going to bring a blessing to others. So I think that kind of attitude that sees others as more than themselves, that sees the church as important and their time, their resources will really dictate if it's a healthy spiritual life. Absolutely. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Anything to add? I, I know you see a lot of spiritual health and what looks like health and turns out not to be sometimes. Yeah. You know, I think in my life where I thought I was doing really well spiritually, I was really just being vain. And, you know, I think, you know, you know, coming out here when I was 18, I, I want to give service. I want to serve God. And I, I, and I did. And I was very excited about that. But sometimes my interior motives might be different. And so as I get older, I look at, I look at God more. I'm like, God, thank you for the service I was able to complete and do and continue to do. But as I get older, I think, you know, this is every year as I get older, I think this is just strictly for you. And Amen. it used to be for me and it used to be for both of us, me and God, you know, <laughs> God, thank you for allowing me to do that. But also thank you for the congratulations I'm getting. <laughs> but the older I get and the more, and, and I think I'm in a good place spiritually with God. And I've been in a great place, you know, praying and, and maturing in the spirit and maturing with God. I, I think now as I get older, I just want to give more of myself, not for me, for me to really decrease and for the Lord to increase. And I know it says that in the Bible. But it's more clear than ever now because now I don't have the vanity of a young man anymore. Well, you know, circling back to what we were talking about earlier about why faith is the currency of God. It is arrogant to think that we can merit something to God by our good works, by yeah. our good deeds. A lot, and, of, lot of, lot of uh, sorry, I didn't mean to No, no, it's okay. A lot of uh, different organizations like Jehovah's Witness, Mormons, they, they, they think that you need to do those kind of works to get to heaven. That's right. To it's, kind of it's very merit-based. Merit yeah. But we believe it's faith-based yeah. where God saved us. He sent his son Jesus to do what we could never do, mm -hmm. pay for all of our sins, yeah. to be resurrected from the dead. We can't do that. We believe in a supernatural God. And if it had a natural means of things we could do with our hands, with our feet, with our money, with our thoughts. Mm -hmm. If it was within our realm to save ourselves, yeah. it would be that way. Absolutely. Maybe that's why it's the it's the way of faith. It's a way of faith in saying that you have to believe God did it for you, mm -hmm. and that's the best we can do. And from that place of faith, we receive the Spirit of God, and then we do good deeds and good works to serve God. Mm -hmm. But the first has to be faith. Faith. Cool. Well, Pastor Drew, thank you for that. I appreciate that that your insight on fire today. Thank you for your expertise as as a pastor, as a preaching man. Thank well, you listen, so listen. Much. You've been asking me some great questions, but yeah. we do have a new segment we're oh, putting together. We do called Survivor Series. That's right. And this Survivor Series, we need to hear how Jesse Felix right. came to know Jesus. We need to know. Yeah, we need to know what you've gone through, some of the trials, some of what brought you. Mm -hmm. To know Jesus. Could you share your story with us? That's that's yes, I will. That's excellent. Thank you, Pastor Drew. And just to touch a little bit more on Survivor Series, I think it's important for everyone to know and 
And to, to, to understand where people came, everyone comes from a different background, everyone comes from a different family, but we all serve Almighty God. We're all here together on Sunday, we're all here together on Saturday night. It's an amazing thing. And the pastor, to answer your question, yeah, I, I appreciate it. I, I, I gave my life to the Lord when I was like 15, 14 and a half, uh, 15 years old. Um, your older brother, Matt, invited me. I was friends with uh, some kids from the neighborhood. I grew up in La Quinta, California. And I grew up in the Cove, where you're, you're, you also lived yeah, as well. It's a good place. And uh, I was friends with your, uh, I was I was friends with my friend Pedro, and he was next door neighbors to to you and your family. And your older brother was a youth pastor at the time, and uh, he kept inviting Pedro and and the guys. We kind of all just kind of were there at Pedro's house, and he invited us. And I was born Catholic, if you can believe that even makes any sense. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I never really pictured you that way until yeah, this yeah, moment. Yeah. I was born Catholic, which doesn't make any sense at all, but that's what my family and my mom would tell me. Oh, you're Catholic. You can't go. You're born Catholic, which doesn't make any sense at all. So um, I was never religious. I, I went to church for like, I went to mass a couple times growing up. My family never talked about God, but you know what's so crazy? Hmm. And I've, I've given my testimony a couple times, but I've always leave this part out. When I was a kid, before I, before I was invited to church and even before I started going to a Catholic church, I knew, I felt there was a God out there. I heard his mm-hmm. name. I heard his name on TV or whatever. I, I grew up watching a lot of TV. Hmm. Uh, my parents would work. My mom was a nurse and she is a nurse and works late at night, 12 hours. She's my dad. Uh, cleans carpet, has a business in, in La Quinta and he would be gone all day. So in the summertime, I'd just be watching TV with my brother the whole time. Like TV really raised me. <laughs> Pop culture raised me for a long time. Computers and cell phones raised me. And so not, I'm not taking a shot. My parents are wonderful people. Oh, they right? are. I know. And they're I've great people. But really sweet. Yeah. And so, um, but I knew that there was a God. Even at a young age, when first, second grade, I knew there was a God. There's a, there's a time in my life, and I never shared this before, where I, I cried out to God. I, I'd even know, mm. no one ever sh- talked to me about God. And like, oh, like there is a God. I just knew that there was something out there, someone out there that was bigger and higher than us. And and as the story goes on, I get to, you know, middle school and I go into sixth grade. Um, your other brother, your older brother invited Pedro and I was friends with him. And I was like, oh, no, you know, hmm. I asked my mom, I go and she said, no, so, <laughs> you can't go. But, you know, I just I disobeyed her. And I went anyways. <laughs> and so I, I went. Uh, because they're having, your, your older brother had this thing we'll call Big Mac Monday. So we'd have Big Macs for $1. And he uh, smashed that. And, and we would smash Big Macs on people's birthdays. It was great. And he would take us out and we'd have McDonald's. But I thought we're just going to have burgers and have fun. But really, he was trying to teach us about the holy and teach us about God. And Amen. something, you know, as the years go by and I kept inviting, I kept going just for fun and kept going because my friends were going. I would sit in the back, I'd wear all black, I'd wear a hoodie. And I would just sit in the back and it would be Wednesday night uh, prayer meeting. And I'd just be sitting in the back. I'd be standing just out of respect. But the entire time in my mind, I'm like, this is stupid. This is dumb. This doesn't make any sense. There's no God, you know. And But I was lying to myself because that's what pop culture wanted me mm. to believe. That's what, what I thought was cool if I didn't believe there was a God, you know, because the music I was listening to. And, and I, I, I just went simply just to have fun with my friends. I did not. I went oh, maybe if I go an hour of the service. I can do three hours of fun with my friends. Right, you know? the ride there, the ride back, ride there, gas ride back. station, yeah. shoot some hoops you or know, something. Yeah, you know what it's like. And so I would go and I would sit there almost, I probably went to like, I don't know, like three months in a row, four months in a row, Wednesday night prayer meeting where mm. if, if, you, if, you, if you're familiar with Valley Christian Center, they have a prayer meeting every oh, Wednesday night. Church. Great, fantastic church. 
Fantastic, dynamic preacher Ooh. there. <laughs> Pastor Mark, shout out to Top level, Mark. top yeah. level. Um, and we'd go and they would just do an hour of worship and they would pray and we'd pray together. And I would sit in the back and just listen. But something something was in my heart. Like I, I, I felt like I had no purpose in my life. I, At a young age, I knew that I would not be successful in life. Mm. I knew it. I knew at seventh grade, eighth grade that if I'm on this path right now, I would absolutely amount to nothing. And I knew that. No one had yeah. to tell me that. I knew that I was getting suspended a lot in school. I didn't go to class. I, <laughs> I, I'd get in trouble in middle school and say, oh, you're getting suspended. Jesse, oh, fantastic. I, <laughs> I get to stay open. A week vacation? No problem. Wow. You know? And uh, I knew that I was going nowhere. But I masked it with, with humor. I masked it with sarcasm. I masked it with nonchalant or lazy just being lazy like i don't care i don't, I don't care about anything mm. but deep down inside i was really hurt because i knew that I, there's other people smarter than me i thought at the time there's other people that are going to be successful and i knew that i have a small a small and short window to really figure it out before i turn 18 and then so i knew something was wrong i knew something in my heart was broken and just one day out of nowhere one day i just decided to start singing mm. and that's where it kind of really Started started being different for me. I wow. really started, and then, and I tell you guys, if there's believers out there that hasn't raised lift their hands and worship before, that was probably one of the most liberating things I've ever experienced as a Amen. youth. You know, to to take my hoodie off and to to lift my hands, and I tell you, I, I was weird. I, I'd wear a sweater in the summer. <laughs> I'd wear a hoodie like all the time, and I remember I was, you know, as I was going to prayer meeting, I gave my life to the Lord. I took my hoodie off and. I remember I, I, I it was a good friend of mine, Carlos Perez, actually prayed with me, um, prayed with me to accept Jesus in my wow. life at a Wednesday night prayer meeting. And after that, I was radically different. I, obviously, I was, I was kind of the same, but I decided to give my life to the Lord. I wanted to be different. And I felt, and that's why I'm so passionate about salvation, because it transformed me. Like, as soon as I was, as soon as I let my guard down and that, that wall went down, I felt salvation. I felt that I was saved. I felt Jesus in my life. I really, truly felt it. And it's it's hard to even explain to you right now, Pastor Drew, and even the listeners there, but you have to just do it to understand the beautifulness of it. And I started seeing a call in my life, and your brother started teaching me how to preach, and, and I started becoming a leader in my youth group, and I really started really holding people accountable around me, and I started a, a Christian club in my high school, and and people would never believe <laughs> if you if you would have known who I was in squad pastor. I'm sure you're privy to who I was before. You're a knucklehead before. Yeah, I was. Yeah, <laughs> I was. And so, but you're not anymore. Not anymore. No. Sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, and I started giving my I gave my life to the Lord. I started, you know, preaching. I started putting together sermons, and I wanted to be a youth pastor for a very long time. And I wanted to go into ministry. And I wanted to, more importantly, not just be a youth pastor, but to save people from hell because Amen. I never thought that I would ever get to this platform or ever God will ever use me to do something like that. And I remember what makes me so passionate and keeps me, keeps me going even to this day is to see people discipled and see people in, living a different way than they were before and to see the difference because I see myself in that. I Sometimes I live vicariously through people sometimes. Right. And the I beauty see, of story. Was that? It's the beauty of hearing a story. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I appreciate. It. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I, I think, I think a lot of me as a Christian growing up, and I think about my kids, and I think about their struggles that they're not going to have to go through. Amen. Now. And uh, to 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 try to seek out, I just was 
aimlessly skateboarding around like he's a COVID. Someone invited me. I have my kids now that I can. I just I'm I'm sharing the Bible with them. I'm waiting for the opportunity and the words that God is going to let me pray the salvation right. prayer for them. And so, um, back to where. So now and we're in high school now, and I gave my life to the Lord. I felt a calling to to go above and beyond. And when I turned eighteen, I prayed, and it was so funny. It was like. You started the, the 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 church pastor Drew. You started here, and I wasn't even really friends with the people that you moved out with. I moved out uh, when I was eighteen, and I moved out with a couple of people that helped start the church. And I wasn't really their. Fr- I was a friend, but like I was just kind of like a kid of the youth group, right? And it's so funny to this day. I think about it. You know, it was like a it was like five guys in one bedroom apartment, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I slept on the couch. But for some reason, I paid full amount of rent. Come on, I man. paid that. It was like that five, ain't right. It's not right. <laughs> I paid. Five, I paid, you know, five, the rent five ways, and I was one of the five, and so I was sleeping on the couch, so, uh, but I moved out, I prayed, and it was funny, I was at the altar, and I was thinking, man, should I stay, should I go, I don't know, and I felt the calling to go, and, you know, the one, the greatest thing, Pastor Drew, I, I don't take offense to this, I didn't go because I was your friend, I didn't go because I want to be Pastor Drew's friend, or I want to be the cool person going, I went and I told myself at the altar, I said, God, if you want me to go, I will bow down and I will pray Amen. for this right now. And it wasn't some spiritual thing. It wasn't some like audible whisper. It wasn't nothing crazy. I prayed. I said, you know what? I feel like I should go. Mm. And I went and I, and I, and I went with the, the, in my thinking to increase the church and to save souls. I didn't go, no offense, to be your friend. I didn't go to, to, uh, you know, to be cool in Riverside. And right. it was cool when I left. But I, and I, I did. I thought it was awesome living on my own. But I went to really increase the church. And Amen. You I, heard the call of God. That's exactly that's what right. keeps a person. And it really does. And I know some of the roommates that I had, and I love those guys. And I pray for them today. And I think a lot of them left because of popularity or friendship. Sure. And I'm here today because I like to win souls for Christ. Fourteen years and, later, getting yeah, stronger now. That's right. We'll get started soon. That's yeah. That's right. And so I I think. You know, I've been out here for a long time now, and uh, I think it's been the greatest time of my life. I, when I was uh, in high school, I, I was able to go, go out with Danny, and then she went to Biola, and then I moved to Riverside, and we got back together, and we got married. We had a couple kids, Adeline, Sayla, and, uh, and Gideon. We just had Gideon maybe a couple months ago. Cute so, kids, yeah, man. Great, them. great kids. And uh, been on mission trip to Mexico. I was a camp counselor for a long time, helped do the youth group for a long time. And I think back about all the things that that I was able to accomplish with God and, and do and, and see the people grow, see the kids from the youth group grow, see my fellow peers grow. Yeah. And maybe, maybe like five years ago, I'd be like, wow, I did such a great thing. You know, I did such an amazing thing. And I think maybe like two years ago, I thought, you know what? I'm tired of hanging my hat on what I, what I <laughs> I'm tired of hanging my hat on what Yesterday's I Yesterday's trophies. Yeah, I'm tired. I really am. And, and I thought to myself, God, I want to be more dedicated to you more than ever. You know? Amen. I, and so that's a little bit about how I came to Christ, you know, and I really like preaching. I think that was, I think that really sold me a lot, you know, cause I think God really used me and the skills that I already innately had. Oh, you're had. a great preacher, brother. Uh, we have you fill in. Yeah. I preached a couple it. times this year and did a great job. Yeah. And you're deacon in the church now. Yeah, I appreciate Deaconator, that. leading, yeah. making decisions, running yeah. council now. Yeah. I appreciate that. So that's a little bit. And so I'm looking forward to having a next guest on. Uh, talk about how they came to Christ and different things, uh, how they came. Survivor Series. Survivor Series, cool. Well, Pastor Drew, I really appreciate this time. Oh, it's been great. Yeah, I, I, I hope that the people listening out there found value. Today we talked about how God is uh, 
manifests himself in, in fire and how he uses anything, pretty much anything. Oh, man. We'll to, get to those other elements, Lord yeah. willing. We talked about how I came to Christ. We talked about what it's like, spiritual health. You know, Ooh. we talked about how it, how you, how you can have a good spiritual life with God if you are having a good spiritual life. But I want to take this time and, and really, if there's anyone out there that, that, that wants to get recommitted, Pastor Drew, how would they do that? Well, let's pray. Open your heart to God. And from your own heart, pray words to this effect. Our Father in heaven, God help me. I want to be closer to you. Lord, may your refining fire take away the things that are not right, that are not of you. Lord, I'm asking for your Holy Spirit to fill my heart, to refill my heart, to inspire me. God, I am sorry for the foolish decisions I've been making. I'm sorry for the things that are not of you in my life. May your fire burn those away. Lord, I thank you for Jesse's story. I thank you that you take knuckleheads and you make them men of God. I thank you that you take the lost, scattered kids just strolling around, carousing, and you make them leaders and fathers and husbands. Lord, I pray that you do something with me. Lord, that you'd make me a better man, a better woman. So, Father, I give you my heart, and I ask you to do all these things. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen.